Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, where we attempt to learn about wine one bottle at a time. I'm Drea, and I can get used to all that fresh mountain air. And I'm Jules. Just call me Mountain Woman. So, in case you can't tell, our theme this episode is Mountain Retreat. Yes. Cabin time. Cabin time. But before we get into all the details, let's kick off with our reoccurring segment, Cheers and Jeers. Jules, what are you cheersing and jeers in this episode? I'm cheersing to my mountain neighbors who send me fun videos and photos of the cabin in a snowstorm. So right now, Southern California is being hit with a massive storm. And Idlewild is getting like historic amounts of snow. It's wild. Like the, the footage you're seeing on Instagram insane. and stuff is crazy. And I wish I was there. Do you? I do. Snowbound in my cabin with wine and a fire and my books and no one else. Yes, I do wish I was there with I, lots of food where I don't have to like worry about going somewhere for a few days. Wow. I really thought we were celebrating like female friendship and girls. Nope, trips I want to be there by myself. Okay, well, fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, our, you don't like you don't like camping. <laughs> I don't like camping as our readers will soon find out. All right. And what are you jeersing this episode? I am jeersing to the fact that we have not had hot water for two weeks. Here, not at the cabin, here in San Diego. Honestly, why are you not at the cabin? This is a great question. <laughs> I did have prior commitments here in San Diego that had to be, yeah, you, know, you know, fulfilled. And there's three dogs that maybe wouldn't do so well in a snowstorm. They're there's fine. a lot they of things. They have fur. They're fine. But yeah, our hot water heater is dead. And it's apparently... Impossible to get a fucking service provider, uh, you know, like a, a contractor out here to do. I feel like that this need is such done. a San Diego like thing too. People are just like, eh, uh, eh, I eh. am ha- okay. First of all, we have running water, so I'm thankful for that. We have a friend that's out of town who gave us a key to her house, so we can shower over there. But not having hot water is no joke. I have taken several cold showers. And it's one thing when you choose to do the whole ice cold bath, plunge, cold yeah. plunge, cold shower <laughs> shit. And it's something when you're forced into it during literally the coldest spell in like spell year, in like in a years. decade, like a decade. <laughs> Fuck that shit. So cheers to that. Right. What are you cheersing to? Let's bring us back up. So my cheers this episode is to the girls trip. Uh, cheers to hitting the open road with your bitches and a bunch of wine. A and bunch of wine. Having a good time. Um, Jules and I recently took our first girls trip up to Idlewild and it was delightful. Uh, there was lots of wine. Mm-hmm. There was some mild camping. There was <laughs> some... We did talk about it on the last episode. Some murder-themed television. Yes, you know, it was, was pretty great. It was pretty great. Uh, my jeers is to Mountain Roads. Um, Jules, dog, Penny, and I are 100% not fans. Oh, we got to the cabin and um, Penny had thrown up yeah. all over the back seat. I did not throw up, so I want to be But she was about to. About she was like, oh my God. I was like, I need to keep my eyes closed. Do not talk to me. <laughs> and also, we got to the cabin in a slightly different route because we decided to do some thrifting and some other things empanada shopping on the ways that took us a different way than i normally go and the way that we came up to the mountain was 
bananas. It really it was a switchback, switchback. It was just like blah. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't. Throw it was up. it was a little much. Well, when you're driving, I feel like it's not as bad. That's true. But when you're the passenger, Penny, she's like ah ah, dry up. <laughs> she's like dry, dry up. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. Our cheers and jeers for this very special mountain retreat episode. In honor of our recent Two Girls and a Great Girls trip to the mountains of Idlewild, we are providing our survivalist checklist for this episode, Shawinigans. We have each come up with our top five tips for survival. You are all welcome. <laughs> Jules, do you want to get us started? Okay, are we going to go, I'm going to give my list and then you give your list or should we go one on one? Let's go one on one. I think that'll be fun. Okay, my first tip, hot tip about surviving the mountains have a lot of wine on hand. Also, have scotch. Also, have snacks. So So that's three (laughs) in one. And you're getting three hot tips in one. So we were two people, two dogs, and a busting at the seams fucking SUV up on this trip. We had coolers. We had wine wine bags. bags. (laughs) We had all the snacks. We had multiple grocery bags. Yeah, it was ridiculous. How many bottles did we take up? A lot. 18? 16? We wanted to have choices. You gotta have options. We didn't drink all those bottles. No, we we did not. Listen, my... The way that I approach a road trip is put as much in the car as you can. <laughs> Full-size bottles of shampoo. I mean, well, not that. When it comes to, like, food and your oh, wine. Right. We're trying to survive. You know, got wine it, out it. of your wine cellar. I'm like, why not bring all of it? Because I can bring it home. It's not like a flight where you have to, like, select a specific We thing. even went shopping for wine to take together. on this, together, yes. to yep. take on this trip when we both have a shit ton of wine in our homes. Hence the wine that we're drinking tonight. Yeah, well, you know, it happens. Okay, what's your first hot tip? Okay, hot tip number one. Don't fucking camp. We have evolved to a point, I've evolved to a point where we're not meant to survive in the woods. We're just fucking not. Move on, be a grown up, have some running water, have some functioning heat, rent a goddamn cabin. But sometimes that cabin doesn't have functioning heat. (laughs) This is true. So, Jules and Drea and two Muppet dogs just cruise on up a mountain listening to some hot tunes and eating some empanadas. We roll on up to this cabin. And it's 34 degrees inside. 34 degrees. Drea immediately puts on her hoodie blanket Mm -hmm. that is a full leopard print, just so you all know. And also immediately tells Jules, I don't camp. (laughs) Listen, let me, and oh, I I should explain what qualifies as camping. If there is a moment where you have to make a real choice between, like, it is so fucking cold. Life or death. Do I drop my pants and pee, toilet or no, or do I pee myself? Like, that qualifies as camping. It's done. It's done. 
So I was like, girl, we need a we we need a plan B. We need an escape hatch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, don't camp. That's my hot tip. All right, what's number two on your survival list? Number two on my survival on the mountains list. Always keep a flashlight at the ready. Whether it's a solar-powered one or a battery-powered one, you got to have a fucking flashlight. Preferably a very heavy one, such as a mag light. We're not sponsored by them, but we'll take the sponsorship. Buy us wine. And if you don't know about mag light, they're fucking heavy. Are those which, like metal ones? Well, they're, I mean, all flashlights are metal. But, no, this, but like the, this is a, he, it's a, basically, it doubles as a weapon. Okay. So if you have to brain someone, you can with your flashlight. And you can see what you're doing while you're at it. All right. Well, so, flashlight. Dual purpose. What's your dual. number two? Uh, do learn how to make a fire. Or <laughs> travel with someone that knows how to make a fire. Hey, I kept that fire going. I saved our lives. Thank you. Thank you. But pro, she also loves a Duralog. Pro Duraflame. I use a Duraflame or a Duralog for uh, this one. Because I started that fire. Okay, well, who kept it going? Also, pro tip, just use all, <laughs> all the wood. All, all of it. it. Doesn't matter. Just use it all. It's fine. You got, it's between, if it's between the, the wood and you freezing to death. It's the wood. Yeah. The wood is going. So that leads me into my third tip, which is called fat wood. If you've never heard of Fatwood, are these like fat duck wood, fat fries? They're duck fat fries, but in the wood variation. So okay. they're wood that are wood is soaked in some sort of a fat like or oil. Fat. It smells amazing, first of all. Yeah, because it so smells like fucking it bacon. Ignites very quickly, and it's one of the most important tricks for really making a successful fire that you don't have to tend a lot. So. In our case, when we got to the cabin and the fucking heat was out, I literally was like, I'm using all the fucking fatwood. Usually I'm very stingy with the fatwood because fatwood is expensive. People, it is expensive. But I was like, I'm throwing all the fatwood in there to get this fire going to ignite the bigger logs. And normally I would like tend it for an hour. It'd be a whole thing, which I love doing, but not on that day. So fatwood. We do suspect Jules may be a pyro. I'm like, light that Duraflame that on wood. each side and you're fucking done for the night. Nope. I'm all, poosh, 10 logs in the fire. Yeah. No. <laughs> What's your third tip? Um, so to my point two, to your point what? two. What? <laughs> make sure you have a heat source. Oh, I mean, fuck yeah. <laughs> or, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't need, I just want to be clear here. You can get creative. It doesn't need to be a roaring fatwood log fire. You can get a dog. You can get a leopard print So you put a dog in the fire? No, you're not put the dog in the fire. This is not some, like, <laughs> fucking barbecue party. What the fuck? No, you, like, a snuggle. I'm starting to rethink my friendship oh with my you. Oh, my God. It's a <laughs> snuggle party. Or a leopard print Sherpa-lined blanket hoodie. Um, that your dad gets you for Christmas. Th- that's right. In all yeah. seriousness, though, I actually have... A mailer blanket, one of those mailer blanket things in my mylar. car. Or, yeah, mylar, whatever, yeah. fine. In my car with my emergency kit because she ain't going down like that. Oh, my God. No, I'm And we live in Southern California. Like, it's never really going to be that cold. Bitch, walk outside right now. Oh, it's not that bad. No, I don't care. Okay. I don't care. Uh, really riffing on that, number four on my list is a good attitude. I have a great attitude. No, she does not. I'm going to survive. I'm just saying having a good time in the mountain requires a good fucking attitude. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. 
well, that's great. What's your number four? That actually goes really great with the attitude. <laughs> uh, my number four, pick a weapon. <laughs> Make sure you've got a knife, a machete, a chainsaw, a shank, a shiv, fucking whatever. Your weapon of choice. Make sure you have a weapon. You don't know what's coming at you in the woods. It could be one of those squirrels that's the size of my chewiegle. It could be a yeti, which apparently the ravens is a up there are massive. It could be a raven yes. flying in. There's on a bobcat you. in our neighborhood. It could yes. be a serial killer who's then be. suddenly your roommate. You don't fucking know. You don't know. Make sure you have a weapon. Yes. All right. And that actually leads. Perfectly into my final tip Look for surviving in the mountains. In sync we are. Get your resting bitch face ready. Because seriously, <laughs> there are some sketchy ass motherfuckers in the mountains. So be ready to look like a badass motherfucker that someone does not want to fuck around with when you're hiking or when you're just out and about because it happens up there. And you want to not be the fucking sunshiny, friendly neighbor person, you want to be the person that's like, oh, yeah, we don't want to mess with them because they're about to pull a baseball bat out. Or, as Drea said, a shiv or shank. I guess we're in prison up there. I'm not really sure. But anyway. Anywhere can be a prison. Get your fucking serious face on because it it can help up there with some some situations. where did you take me? Jesus. I know. All right. um, I'm glad you made it off the mountain. I barely. So... This this one is less aggressive to end things, but I feel like it needs to be said because as, it does. As Jules and I were driving off the mountain, <laughs> we just it, we we saw a true display of fashion that even I was like, Jesus that was Los Christ. Angeles. I had the, LA oh, written all one hundred percent, and I'm from LA, and I was like, oh, one hundred percent. This chick's from the San Fernando Valley, no fucking doubt. All right. So here's my hot, my last hot tip. Wear some goddamn sensible shoes. Always travel with appropriate closed-toed footwear. And don't, don't be a dumb hoe. Don't be a dumb hoe. No one wants it. I don't care. You're who you going are. to the mountains. You're in your fucking stilettos with your gold lame puffy jacket on the side of the road. True fucking story. This is True what fucking story. We saw this leaving Idlewild a couple weeks ago. And we were both like, It was what? a fucking Instagram husband was taking the pictures, and the chick is standing there posing, and we're like, what the fuck is she have wearing? Have you seen that? This would have been ideal for that Ugh. Instagram account, um, Influencers in the Wild. Yes, that, like that was 100% ridiculous. what that was. She got her fuzzy hat. That was, she got her gold She puppy. thought she was in the fucking Russian wilderness. Jules and I were like, Absolutely we, were, not. we were coming back from dropping our trash at the dump. Remember? And we were at the and dump. We, yeah. And we were like, hope she knows she's going to have to go to the dump. She's going to have to go to the dump to take her trash. <laughs> so there you are, our hot survival tips. Your Shawinigans for this 50th episode of Two Girls and a Grape. <laughs> Bottle number 50. 50! You know, we are getting Kinda real like close it. on our one our one year anniversary and season three. Season three. The end of season two, the beginning of season three. Yep, it's on the horizon. It's happening. So bottle fifty is a bottle of um it's called Idle Wild and it's 
we chose it because our cabin is in Idlewild, but it's spelled differently. So it's I-D-L-E-W-I-L-D, Idlewild. And it is a floral and fauna red blend from 2021 from the north coast of California. The price point of this wine is between $25 and $30, depending on where you buy it. The ABV is 12.9%, so it's a little lower in alcohol than a lot of red wines. And it's from Mendocino County. Um, it's a California red blend of Italian varietals, and it stems from the Cal Ital movement of the 1980s and 90s when these varietals were all the rage. We taken it back. We taken it back. Uh, the varietals for this blend are uh, roughly 48% Dolcetto, 48% Barbera, and 4% Nebbiolo, and a bit of Fresa. I've never heard of that one. Fresa? Yeah, that was a new one for okay. me too, but all Italian varietals, which, you know, I think that there's a long legacy of growing these types of grapes in California, especially where Jules and I are located in San Diego County. Temecula is known for their Italian varietals, mm -hmm. and Valle de Guadalupe actually grows a lot in of Mexico, Italian. In Mexico, by the way. Yeah, a lot of Italian varietals. So um, it's interesting to me to try one that's not from a Southern California, Northern Baja region, because I don't drink a lot of these types of wines, mm -hmm. typically. But um, before we get into all the details of this bottle... We thought it would be fun to get to know the real Idlewild, uh, where Jules and Hot Rob have their cabin in the woods, their cozy cabin in the woods. Yep. And so our fun facts this episode are featuring the real story behind the Idlewild Mountain Retreat. Take it away, Jules. Got it. So the area was originally known as Strawberry Valley because of the wild strawberries that grow there, and especially um, the wild strawberries that grow beside the creek that runs through the town, which is called Strawberry Creek. And if you are ever on Airbnb or looking for properties there, you'll see descriptions of properties on Strawberry Creek. It runs like right through, it's not the center of town, but it's like right around the outskirts of town. So if you're on Strawberry Creek, you could definitely be like walking into town, which is super nice. And um, back in the day, shepherds regularly brought their flocks to the valley to graze. Love that. I do love that too. Another fun fact is that Mrs. Laura Rutledge has generally been credited for naming the area now known as Idlewild. In 1899, she and her husband managed a sanatorium for patients suffering from respiratory diseases. The sanatorium, which was a rather large structure, was located in the center of downtown Idlewild. After the federal government decided to establish a post office in the sanatorium, Mrs. Rutledge suggested the name Idlewild, and the name has remained the same since this recommendation. And extra fun fact. Yep, I love this. Jules has an original newspaper clipping from 1905 of the sanatorium like it was a an ad for the sanatorium. <laughs> I love that they ran an ad. So we were at a thrift store, a little thrift store, yeah, a little thrift store in Idlewild, and she was actually buying a like cart to use for her record player mm -hmm. at her cabin. And 
I was like, oh my God, look at this. This is wild. And It was so wild. And the next time she went up, it was still there. So it was meant to be. And now it is probably it's hanging, hanging in, in the, the cabin. cabin. I love yeah. this so So much. if you were ever to stay at the cabin, <laughs> you can read all about the sanatorium. Uh, also, Idlewild was once the summer home for the bands of the Cahuilla Indians who migrated to the area to escape the heat of lower elevation deserts. Um, the tribe is known for grinding slabs that can be seen in Idlewild. Um, also, um, the Cahuilla legend recounts how tribesmen chanted over the body of their fallen chiefs in Takwits, or Takwish, who had been possessed by an evil spirit and killed his sweetheart. Suddenly, his body began to glow like fire, and he rose and settled on Idlewild's Takwitz Rock, a 1,000-foot-tall rock face that projects from the side of the mountain. According to legend, Takwitz is trapped beneath the rock with a rattlesnake and a condor for company, and when the mountain snakes, when the mountain shakes and trembles, it's an earthquake, but it's Takwitz up to his evil tricks on Lily Rock. So Takwitz Rock and Lily Rock are the two, or Takwitz Peak, actually, and Lily Rock are the two kind of most famous landmarks in Idlewild in terms of um, tons of rock climbing happen in Idlewild. Lots of accidents happen, unfortunately, as Ooh, well. There's grim. always a lot of helicopter action from rescues that happen up there. These um, And Takwitz Peak is, um, I'm pretty sure it hooks into the um, Pacific Crest Trail. Oh, nice. So there's okay. tons of hiking in Idlewild, and the Pacific Crest Trail goes through it. So in the summer... You'll see tons of people that are doing the Pacific Crest Trail staying in Idlewild. And it's, oh, it's like really that? fun to like just chat with them and find out like where they're from and what they're doing. What was that book that Reese Witherspoon did a movie? Into the Wild. Not Into the Wild. Um, oh, it was about the woman that hiked the yeah, Pacific Crest Trail by herself. Wild. It was just called Wild. Wild. There yeah. we go. Yeah. yeah. You can live your full wild fantasy up there is what Jules is getting at. Mm-hmm. No, you can literally go on a hike and be like, I did part of the Pacific Crest Trail and you were just gone for two hours. It's cool. Done. <laughs> Check that off the list. <laughs> go back to your cozy cabin. Yeah. Open a ball this morning. Make listen, a fire. Listen good. to some murder shit. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from the 1930s to the 1950s, Idlewild was a center for the production of naughty pine furniture which is fine log furniture made in the arts and crafts style. Under the direction of Charles Selden Belden, Love that. the furniture was produced <laughs> by the Idlewild Pinecraft Furniture Company and later by C. Selden Belden Idlewild Pinecraft. The furniture is now collectible and can be found in many Idlewild houses and cabins. And I can attest to that. Do you have any naughty pine furniture? I don't. It's not really my style. But I will say that... It's what the people want. uh, (laughs) But do they... I will say we have a neighbor up there. um, His name is Ray. And he's a local. His dad is a really famous jazz musician. And he makes the, the Naughty Pine furniture. And he actually brought some things to our house to be like, I thought maybe this would be good in your house. And I was like, it's not really my style, Ray, but thanks so much. But it's also cool that there are still artisans doing that type of work up there. Oh, for sure. So yeah. Idlewild, for those of you that don't know, is a mountain town in California, about two hours northeast of San Diego, about two hours southeast of L.A. Yep. Um, that is super into the 
arts, music, and the arts is very sort of hippy-dippy. There's a really, really famous arts academy up in Idlewild. Tons of movies have been filled, filmed in Idlewild. So on the Instagram, we'll put some of the, the different movies. It's, like it's, the sort of rom christmas rom-com movies have been filled wait, up there. Elvis, some, some fucking Elvis filmed a couple movies up there. What? Hallmark? Yes. No. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. I'm not. into it. Absolutely. But Elvis not. filmed a couple movies up there. There's a ton of history in Attawild that's really, really cool. So there you have it. Your fun facts about Idlewild, California. And now Drea is gonna bore you with all the fun not fun facts about the region that the wine comes from. She's mad at me for saying that. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. People come for the actual facts, Drea. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just because I'm bored doesn't mean everyone else is bored. Fine, whatever. Fine. So tell us about Mendocino County. Okay, so Mendocino County is part of the North Coast AVA, which, as we've discussed on the podcast before, means American viticultural area that's located north of San Francisco. There will be a pop quiz at the there end of this There will be a pop episode. quiz. Prepare. Color in your map. Prepare yourself. <laughs> uh, Mendocino County is one of the northmost commercial wine districts in the AVA, and it's also one of the most diverse growing regions um, climate-wise in California. In additional, in additional, Jesus, in addition, <laughs> in addition wow, to, wow, in addition to, um, and important to us on Two Girls and a Grape is that Mendocino is one of the leading regions in organically produced wine, and nearly a quarter of the acreage of the county is grown organically. Uh, in 2004, the county became the first GMO-free county in the U.S., and the region is often referred to as California's organic wine mecca. So we drink a lot of natural wines, biodynamic wines on the podcast here. And just in general as wine lovers and wine consumers. But I actually didn't know that piece of wine trivia. So that's really interesting to me. Um, but now, to Jules's point, is a little bit of the history. You're all welcome in advance. <laughs> the name Mendocino comes from the family name Mendoza in honor of the 16th century Spanish explorer Lorenzo Suarez de Mendoza, who was the first... I'm about to go to Spain again, so I have to practice. Who was one of the first um, Europeans to explore the region. And I just, I just have to do my due diligence just so we know. Diligence? You, Shut up. He was an explorer, <laughs> not a discoverer, right? Not all... a colonialist. No, he was a colonialist because oh, okay. there were already people living in the region. So the region right. <laughs> um, so while there was a Spanish presence in the area, it was too far north of the established Spanish Empire that was overseen by a series of the missions and the ranchos, which we have 100% talked about on this podcast before. Again, you're all welcome. As a result, the first vineyard in Mendocino was not established until the 1850s by farmers who were returning to the area after the gold rush um, and seeking to find their fortune in a different way. So quite frankly, these were people who you know, went into that gold rush area and didn't, didn't strike it rich, right? And so they had to find a different avenue and many of them went into agriculture. These early vineyards 
that were established in the 1850s were small and completely eradicated by prohibition, which we just talked talked about. about. Mm -hmm. Very recently. Um, In fact, in order for many of these farms to survive, the vineyards were systematically destroyed and the fields were replanted with orchards and nut trees. Uh, Idlewild flora and fauna comes from a a vineyard called the Fox Hills Vineyard in central Mendocino County. This is located in the southeast of Ukiah on Mendocino's Talmadge Beach, and the soils have a high concentration of gravel, quartz and sandstone which creates excellent drainage um you know as we mentioned previously san diego's uh, not just san diego but all of california has just had a wild winter um wild i I was actually just up in the paso robles area last week and this week literally in snow vineyards that i was at are covered in snow so it's just been crazy it'll be interesting to see Climate change is not real. (laughs) They said. (laughs) The wine will be saved. They said. Start hoarding now. Climate change is fake news. They said. No, fuckers. Um, But it'll be interesting to see like what the production is Mm -hmm. like. How that affects the vines. Yeah. What this means for the summer in California, Mm -hmm. which has typically, you know, over the last five years, has just been plagued by horrible droughts and massive Ugh. fires. So and the problem is that when we have a lot of rain, things grow prolifically, yep. which means that then they dry out excessively, which is fodder for wildfires. So we love the rain because it, it helps with the drought, but it really wreaks havoc on wildfire season. And, and you know what was scary. interesting? When I was up in Paso, you know, and, and we're in the, the winter, right? Yeah. We're fully in winter. Yeah. As I was driving through, like, the Adelaide District, for example, a lot of properties were already doing controlled burns. Mm. Like, yeah. there's so much overgrowth and greenery that with a break in the rain, they're already doing these yeah. controlled burns. Yeah, I mean, even, like, driving up to Idlewild, there's a bunch of the, like, uh, fire hazard today, like it'll be like no right, low, moderate, low, or high. Moderate, yeah, like even driving home um, last week, I had to go up for a night just by myself. Murder, um, <laughs> and it was like fire hazard is moderate, and I'm like, why is it moderate? It's been raining and stuff. It's and California, it's, like, it's still and it's always really moderate. fucking yeah. dry. Yeah. So anyway. We digress. We digress. But um, important to think about for, like, the future of wines like this. So mm-hmm. talk about the soil. Um, with the soil, the vines that Idlewild is sourcing their grapes from are 20 to 30 years old, and they're planted on rocky, elevated slopes. So this allows for, you know, if you're into the science of things, this allows for grapes with a more controlled, natural irrigation Um, which then produces more highly concentrated flavors in the actual grape. So all of that drainage and that soil composition actually really does matter. But what makes Fox Hills unique is that it does not feature vines for typical North Coast varietals. So you think about the upper most Northern region of grape production in California. Those are cool climate grape regions. So think Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, some cabs, but 
that's not what they're growing. Fox Hills is completely dedicated to Italian grapes. So all the varietals that Jules listed out when she introduced this bottle, which to me is fascinating because these grapes are typically grown in much warmer climates. So you think about climates like in, in you know, uh, central and southern Italy, mm -hmm. you think about they're growing these, as I mentioned earlier, in the Temecula Valley area in San Diego County. Again, really, really hot um, in Valle de Guadalupe, Northern Baja, super hot summers. The winters are typically not incredibly cold, although last year they did get a dusting of snow down mm -hmm. there. But it's, it's interesting to me to think about then what this wine is gonna be like um, in relationship to that cooler climate. Sorry, will you, you fucked it up? Tell me? You know what? I'm leaving it in here. I'm editing that no, out. Edit it out. So now that we know oh about the region, God. let's talk a little bit more about the winemaker and the winery. Drea. Fine. Take it away. Fine. So <laughs> Idlewild Wines <laughs> describes their goal as quote to produce wines of exceptional balance and beauty. It is a journey to pursue Italy's Piedmont in an elevated in the elevated hills of Mendocino County and to find the sides of these varietals that are intriguing, delicious, and haunting. Mm. I love it. Haunting I murder. Yeah. <laughs> I, love I think it. it's incredibly poetic. And I it also is. really love that they preface this that, you know, this is going to be different from a Piedmont style wine. It's the same varietals, but it's going to have a different essence because of where well, it's where grown. it's grown. Yeah, yeah of course. I appreciate that nod to it because I mean, so we. I feel like we all know how I feel about Temecula wines. Don't look at me like that. We all know how I feel about them. I don't. Jules I, was just in Temecula a couple was. weeks ago she was. doing some wine tasting. She was, and I think that Drea should go. I've and been. Re when was the I last mean, time? It's been a hot minute. Right. So the last time I went to Temecula was many, many years ago. I mean, it was, it's gotten better. It's still not a Napa it was or probably Sonoma 2000, or a Paso. When did or I turn thirty? A, I'm just ten it was fucking years ago, girl. You just turned forty. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So you know what? She was a literature major. She's do, not a I math do major. She I doesn't do, do the, the numbers. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> So that was the last time I was in Temecula. So I'm saying that <laughs> okay, it, it has gotten better. I'm not saying that it is a, it's comparable to a Napa, Sonoma, Paso, Santa Barbara, Santa Inez. Literally any of them. That's fine. But <laughs> it, you know what? You only need three good places is my thing. If you want to go wine tasting, you don't need 20 places that are amazing. You need three solid options to have some good wine and they are there. You seem just low saying. on ambition to me, but I'm fine, saying, whatever. Saying, oh, fine. she? <laughs> the fuck? I think she just threw some shade my way as she wears her fucking tie-dye sweatsuit. That's right. It's cold. Oh, my it's God. Cold. I'm also jealous of it. So yeah, so you're all Anywho, <laughs> tell us about the winemaker. Okay, so why, the winemaker is Sam Bilbro, which kind of reminds me of Bilbo Baggins. Bilbao really or Bilbao yeah. in yeah. Spain. <laughs> Um, and he is a fourth generation grape grower and winemaker who grew up walking the vineyards and tasting blends with his father. So, you know, I love when we get these stories of these multi-generational winemakers who are really invested not just in the wine that they're producing, but in 
the idea of wine production and agriculture as a whole. Um, Sam's great-grandfather immigrated from Lucca in Tuscany, and his father was the founder of Sonoma's Marietta Cellars, which started in the 1970s. Sam got his professional start in the restaurant industry, where he was exposed to wines from all over the world. And it was really during this time that he fell in love with wines from Piedmont, Italy. In 2012, his roots in winemaking and his love of Piedmont wines came together to launch Idlewild Wines. The first release consisted of 700 cases from Piedmont grapes, the Piedmont grapes Nebbiolo, Barbera, and Dolcetto. Many came from the Fox Hill Vineyard, which Sam now Dolcetto. manages. Okay, Miss Italian. Dolcetto. Dolcetto. The winery, um, which again really harkens back to the wines that we love to drink here on Two Girls in a Grape, uses traditional methods including foot trotting, native yeast, and large oak casks for fermentation and aging to create wine that can be characterized as bright and robust, and more importantly, to really pay homage to his ancestral roots. He said in a recent interview, quote, the idea was to respect Italian tradition but to have two feet on the ground here in California. And I love this sentiment and I love the idea of really thinking about the roots and the history of these wines and these grapes and where they come from. I mean, I, I don't think our readers or listeners, I've, I've been listening to Jules too long. Our listeners are going to be surprised to know that I love that kind of cultural amalgamation that comes in wine making, but just the idea of blending these two traditions is really exciting to me, and I can't wait to dive into this bottle. Now that we have all the information we need about this bottle and the region that the grapes were grown in, let's have a taste. Well, there there are a few steps before we have the taste. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, we have to look at it. We have to smell it. Don't be so enthusiastic. Then Jules. we get to taste it. Okay, what are we seeing in the glass? Color. I actually think it's really pretty. It is very pretty. It's, it's very dark. But it's got like notes of, for me, like magenta, um, some violet notes. People, it's red. Does it also smell like alcohol? Oh is, is that the level we're at this evening? The CV? fucking look I just got, everybody. <laughs> Jesus. Listen. I'm just being funny. Listen, I've dealt with a lot of fuckery this week. I am not in the mood for she's this. Not, she's really not ready for my fuckery. So, um, as I was saying, I'm magenta. getting a little indigo. Yeah, there's like, like that. Those, like, it's really mode. dark. You know what that reminds me of? Some of those cocktails that you make with like an Empress Indigo Gin. But that's purple. Yeah, but like bright purple. I don't get that. I disagree. Oh my god, fine. Anywho, okay, you know, whatever. all right. What are we smelling? Moving on. Alcohol. And we've only had one cocktail tonight. So I'm getting um, lots. Okay, let's. Yeah, no, you. go for it. No, you. No, please. Go. I'm trying to put my finger on it, so you'll probably say something like, "Yes, that's what I was." So I'm getting a nice actual mix of red and blue 
fruits. Like, mm-hmm. I'm getting, like, red currants. I'm getting some cherry. I'm getting some blueberry. Um, there's also, like, a good, I think, undertone of earth. Mm-hmm. So kind of that, like, I think I'm getting season. a little bit of, like, that earthiness where I'm like, what am I, what? I'm trying to put my finger on it. And just a There's little There's a little bit of spice. I was going to say, like, like, peppery. Yeah, like, a like little bit of white pepper yeah. on the nose. It's, like, mm-hmm. not as pronounced as, like, our black pepper, but yeah. definitely there for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. Okay, right, let's taste it. Let's do it. We've swirled it. We have nosed it. So this is interesting to me because I actually don't get a lot Mm-mm. of that fruit on the palate. No. And okay, so it may be the tequila talking, but I don't think so. You don't think so what? That's the tequila talking. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> like, God damn you don't it. think what? Like finish the fucking sentence. <laughs> I did finish the sentence. I started it and I finished it. That's you know how what? sentences work, Jules. Dear reader, <laughs> we're gonna press pause and Dre and I are gonna have a fucking cage match and we'll be right back. It's sort of like there's nothing that's jumping out as as the main star. But there's like a good level. But it's lovely. Like it's very bad. I feel like it's really balanced. I think there's a good level of herbaceousness to it though, which is interesting to me because the nose is so fruit forward. But we also talked about being earthy. There's a little bit of spice to it. So that's not super surprising. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see how... It evolves as it, like, opens up and sits a little bit. And it's a lot lighter, like a light mouthfeel than it looks. Absolutely. Based on the color. Like, I expected this to be, like, like kind of jammy based on how dark it is. But it's not. It's a little, it tastes more like a pinot in that sense. Like, it has that kind of mouthfeel. Yeah, definitely. And it, um, I mean, it's a 2021, too, right? And so... You know, you're not going to have, like, tannins on it that come with age and things like that, but it's, or the structure. But I would say that this is a pretty easy, very approachable wine. Easy drinking. Porch yeah. pounder. I wasn't going to go that far. I it's do... kind of a porch pounder with a charcuterie board. But it does, I, okay, so let's move into our pairings okay, option. Move, okay, fine. Um, food. Charcuterie board. <laughs> How original. Tell me more. We haven't actually talked about a charcuterie board in a while. But I do see this being like you, like a warm day or like a warm day picnic-y type of thing that this is actually On a mountain hike maybe? On a mountain hike. You have your fucking charcuterie board packed in your backpack. Um, As one does. Of course. As one does. You pop this in your cork. As two girls in a grape does. two girls in a grape does. But for real. Okay, aside from a charcuterie board, I think that this would be very nice with um, actually like a a pasta with a ragu sauce. I was going to say. So too- it has like that very like meaty. I was even going to say, um, this is not just because I'm making it for dinner tonight, but like. Salmon. No, I mean, it's a, it's a red that would. Yes, go well with, with fish. that, right? Yeah. yeah where well, with like a 
A denser fatty fish. fish. Yeah, yeah fatty, mm-hmm. fatty, denser fish. So if you're doing like a salmon or a swordfish, mm-hmm. um, maybe even like an ahi steak, something yeah. that has, or a snapper, something that has a little bit yeah. more of a... Definitely meatiness. not shrimp. No. Or anything but like that, like, yeah. Or like a whitefish, right? Yeah. Something that has a little bit more meatiness and, and density to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know a lot of people who enjoy seafood, but don't necessarily think of white, white wine, wine for me. Dinner. Yeah, like you. I don't necessarily like that. And so if you're looking for a red to pair with that type of meal, like mm-hmm. I would even have this with a poke bowl. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. With the wasabi would go really well with yeah. this. Pick up that on spice, the spiciness yep. and the earthiness okay. for sure. All right, so, so what's your situation? situation? What's your situation? I mean, listen, this is the cabin episode. I'm just going to be at the cabin with the fire. And a charcuterie board. And a charcuterie board. In a snowstorm. Done. Where's the end? That's also my entertainment, is the snowstorm. The snowstorm's the entertainment? Yeah. Just like watching that shit come down? Yes, 100%. And watching people try to drive in it? That is entertainment. You do live on a paved road, so that is I mean, it's a paved road, and there's like some traffic. It's not crazy. We're not on like a fucking main highway, but that's like our neighbors, Rose and Rocky have said before that their entertainment is watching. So we... Watching people from L.A. drive in the snowstorm. That. Yes. But also, we're at... Right before it starts to go up into a hill. That's true. Yep. And they (laughs) say that watching people try to get up the hill when there's like an ice slick is hysterical because they just come right back down. And people just keep trying to go up there and they can't get up there. You fucking mountain people, I'm (laughs) Entertainment. Listen. Free entertainment. Uh, Either that or... I just finished the Murdaugh murder mystery on Netflix. It was three episodes. It was fascinating about a southern fucking family in South Carolina that basically covered up a bunch of shit because they had money and they're all lawyers. That's one does. And I would watch that. So I was actually thinking along similar lines because I do think this is a great like get cozy, stay in, Mm -hmm. raid your freezer type wine, you know? Yeah. Um. And what I love about it is with the price point and with the year and the blend, like it's super accessible. So you can you can pop this open on a yeah. rainy Tuesday night, you know, and just like snuggle in and go for it. Um, I've been listening to this podcast recently called Villains on um, Parcast. And each episode talks about a different villain from either real life or popular culture. And I just listened to the episode. I, I'm late to this party, so forgive me, but I just listened to the episode on Stephen King's Misery. Oh. And it was... I love that movie. Fascinating. No, I do too, but to, to, to hear... And I've never, I've never read the book, and now I kind of want to, even though I'm not a huge Stephen King fan. Oh, I love Stephen King. Oh, I, oh, I love it. It's fucking garbage. But anyway, I said it, that's right. Controversial! <laughs> Please hold while we once again return to our epic battle. To our cage match. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, like, that's the type of movie I would want to settle in with. Do you know what I mean? And just kind of um, chill out, get a cozy blanket, light a fire, watch something. What did we watch? What was your pick at the cabin? It was like worst neighbor. No, it was like serial killer. Worst roommate. It was serial killer roommates. Oh, this is what you guys. I know. Let's watch this on our first two girls and a great girls trip together. 
You loved it. I did love it. But I was like, like, where the fuck is Hot Rob's bear spray? (laughs) She is acting like she was not into it, and she was. But also, we are talking about me, Jules, who will listen to true crime podcasts while she's driving up to the cabin by herself. About crimes in the mountains mountains and stuff. And like hikers going missing. And then I'll be like, oh, let me go for a hike. I fucking love that shit. By the way. I do love it. We went out to dinner last night with our friend and loyal listener, Lauren. Hey, Hey, Lauren. Lauren. And I got home and Silver Fox was like, so I saw some Dateline while you were gone. I was like, Jesus. That was me with this Murdoch murder stuff. I was like, I can't. I gotta go. John and I are best buds. I gotta go. With that stuff. Well, get on the alien train and we'll see. I I love alien stuff. (laughs) I'm into it. All right. So something something murdery, something cozy. Something a little where you want to like cozy up and like be like, oh, what? Let me drink this wine. And something meaty. And something meaty. Well, there you have it. There you go. Okay. Where can people buy this bottle of wine? So we found this ball of wine at one of our local favorite hangouts, Clo Wine One of wine our new shop. favorites. Yep. Uh, C-L-O-S in Clo. San Diego. Mm-hmm. They are rad. If you are in town, visit them for sure. Um, but we have seen this in a number of small independent wine shops. You're probably going to find this wine in a place that specializes or at least highlights natural wines. So keep that in mind. Um, but they do have a fairly decent production, so hop on into your local bodega and ask them to get this wine on their shelves for you. Um, they also do are it. available on the web. At, oh, on on the internet? On the internet. Is it in the computer? It is in the computer. Okay. Yeah, so you tell the little person on the computer. <laughs> I, well, you tell I'm, the Google person you tell or the, the Google, chat GPT. You tell the Google and that's I-D-L-E-W-I-L-D-Wines.com. Check the Instagram for the actual picture of yep. the wine. So we'll have all of that info up on the Insta. And yeah, speaking of the Insta, follow us. Follow us. Do it. IG, we're at Two Girls and a Great Pod. That's T-W-O, Girls and a Great Pod. And if you are really fucking into this podcast... Wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Google, leave us a five-star rating. Review, rate. Review, rate, sticker, no hate Recommend. Yeah, to all your friends. Poke. I don't know. What is everybody, you know, Facebook, remember the poke thing on Facebook? I don't know, I'm just saying. That sounds, I don't like that. That's how old I am. I don't like that. I hate it. I was was like, that's weird. That's gross. That's fucking pedophilic. Yeah, I don't know. Is that a word? I don't know if it's a word. It's a word now. Anyway. So, with that. Till next time. Salute. Cheers.